Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Welcome to today's episode. Lisa Geruzzi is a peak performance coach, best-selling author, and accomplished speaker. She's also an award-winning trainer with more than 25 years of experience helping people to discover their inner magnificence and live a life free from regrets, judgments, and fear. She is also the owner of Transformational Conversations, which specializes in causing breakthrough performances for individuals and organizations. She is a dynamic, transformational speaker captivating audiences with her powerful messages at keynotes, presentations, and workshops nationwide. The American Society of Training and Development, the Hudson Mohawk Chapter, recognized Lisa as the Trainer of the Year in 2013. She is also co-founder of the EMS Leadership Academies, whose purpose is to empower leaders to create bold visions that redefine the future of their organization and emergency services worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Lisa. Hey, Lisa, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I am fine. First, thank you for being here today. Uh, I'm excited because I can't wait to kind of showcase all of your life, if that makes sense. (laughs) I want to talk about so many different things with you, but I'm going to try to narrow it down to a few places, all right? So if you can help keep me on track, I want to talk about your work a little bit in corporate and things like that. Also want to talk about the leadership summit and anything else we want to talk about, whether bill, anything from there. Okay. All right. But I want to start with this quote and, and we'll go from there. And the quote is empowering people to create and realize audacious futures that alter the course of humanity. Tell me a little bit about what that means. Well, that is the um, mission of my company, which I am the owner and sole coach of. It's called Transformational Conversations. And a few years ago, I realized that the future I had originally created when I started my business, the only way I could describe it is it was kind of used up. It had lost its juice. You know, I'm a huge proponent of taking my own medicine and doing my own work. And so my husband and I who's also a coach, uh, Bill Jaritzi, he and I sat down and we created what we called uh, TC 2.0, which was Transformational Conversations 2.0. And we came up with a, well, we created a pretty bold future. And that is one of the lines out of it. And and that is my promise um, to the people I coach is that we will create and realize an audacious future that will alter the course of humanity. And because I believe every person has a ripple effect. For example, I'm working with someone right now um, who is a um, professor and you know the number of people that she encounters and affects, plus you know she has children and she has family and her changing, her creating a new future is impacting every single person. So for me, that alters the course of humanity because, you know, she's creating something that's never been created before. Yeah, that's that's probably my biggest memory of Bill 
or the thing I remember most about Bill, he was the first person that ever made me aware the future doesn't exist. You have to create it. That's right. I'll never forget that. We were sitting in Michael's base when he said it, uh, or Michael's office that was in the basement. And right. <laughs> uh, when he said it, and it, it was like, wait, what? Yeah. And and I think either he said this or what is what I heard when he was like, it's almost like reading a book and then turning the page with a bunch of more pages, but it's blank waiting for you to write that page too. And it yeah. was like, oh, that's different. Uh, yeah. Because I had always saw the future as already existing and me never being enough to feel it. Mm. So when I realized I was creating it, it was like, well, wait, if I had the, if I'm creating it, yeah. of course I don't want it to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> You know, so, yeah, I, yeah. I really uh, appreciate that. So how do you how do you see it? How is it? What does 2.0 or how does 2.0 feel? Well, it's been a number of years now um, and it's you know, it's one of, it hasn't gotten used up. That's for sure. You know, I love the word audacious and I love uh, the word bold. Those are two of my like I love those words. The other thing is and this is especially since learning and beginning to understand the principles, which I've only been around for about four years, the, the whole new level of power and performance, like that, that part yeah. got, I don't want to say fulfilled with that, but it was like, oh yeah, like, you know, power and performance is when you understand the principles, there's a level of power and performance that you can achieve that wasn't possible before that. So, you know, I felt like I was giving people access to new ways of thinking and all of that when I was doing the work that I used to do. But since discovering the principles and, you know, the impact it's had on my life and my clients' lives, um, it, it just rings more true than ever that that's what I can provide for people is, is that possibility. I love the way you said that. And I, I want to kind of stay there for a second because oftentimes when people switch into a new way of doing something it's because like you said you said yourself it felt used up but you were very successful at it like it's yeah. like yeah achievements and accolades and awards in it like how does it feel now looking at the the performance and level in which you operated in then and still having all those achievements and major accomplishments to now this understanding Oh God, how much time do we have? <laughs> it's interesting. And it, I don't know that I would have said this at the time, but there was a sense that it was never enough before. Like, okay, I got an award for being, you know, a trainer of the year, right? Or I, you know. Oh, don't roll over it. Let's, let's. No, no. The I mean, trainer of the year. Yeah, but not yes. like for the world. All right, let's just be clear. <laughs> it was for a very, you know, it was for a, it's for my region, you know, where I live in upstate New York. Uh, I don't mean to diminish it because it was a huge honor and I'm very proud of that. And, you know, other awards that I got. There was something about it. Uh, and again, I'm not sure I would say it at the time. So this is all, you know, just my current interpretation of it is it still never felt like enough. 
and it, it felt like, you know, how many, how many things can I, you know, put in my bag so that I can go around going, see, I really can make a difference, you know? Yeah. But one of the things that was true for me was even though I felt like I had some pretty powerful work that I had created and I was using with my clients, I always felt like I had to work so hard to keep it in place. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, oh, I have to, you know, uh, you know, change how I think about that, or I have to process this. And where did I get this, you know, idea from? And it was always so much freaking work, you know, and I noticed a lot of the time I wasn't, if I wasn't with a client, if I wasn't training or doing a, a keynote, which doing speeches used to be one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. I think that's one of the places where Michael Neal and I have a lot in common is like, that was the place I felt most alive, you know, oh, yeah. and most connected to people. And, but if I wasn't doing that, I wasn't really all that happy. Me either. Um, yeah. And I was trying to figure out like, you know, what am I doing wrong? You know, and maybe if I get this award or, you know, if I, I don't know, land this client or whatever, but then I was always nervous that I wasn't going to deliver, you know, like what if I didn't deliver on that future, you know, or on that promise and, you know, am I really enough to do that? So there was a lot of angst and a lot of seeking, like finding, you know, more and, and fig trying. And a lot of it was just trying to figure out how to get happy, you know, without so much work. You know, and it wasn't like my life sucked. I mean, I had a nice house. Bill and I had been married quite a while. You know, I had money in the bank. It's not like I was homeless or, you know, or in a terrible situation or anything, but it was like, really, this is it, you know? But <laughs> so, I think that's pretty cool to point out, though, that you yeah. had all of the so-called identifying metrics and which society used to say you shouldn't have a problem. Right. You should be, you should feel super blessed. You shouldn't complain about anything. You should, yeah. you shouldn't, 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 shouldn't. And yeah. you're like, no. <laughs> I didn't even give myself permission to not be happy because I kept thinking there's something wrong with me. Like, how can I not be happier? You know, I was, I wasn't like I was miserable either, you know, but I was just, I don't know. It just felt like something was missing. Bill and I stumbled onto the principles. And he, you know, he read Mara's book first and then he handed it to me and he's like, you have to read this. I don't care what you're doing. Stop. Do this. Read this book right now. <laughs> Not now, right now. You right know? now. Okay. <laughs> and coincidentally, I was watching a, a video of Dick and Bettinger at the time that he called me to tell me that I had to read this book. I was watching a, a video of Dick and Bettinger give a presentation and he was talking about the three principles and I'm like, what is he talking about? Like, this is so cool, you know? So it, it was just weirdly synergistic. So anyway, read that book and it, it was like, oh my God, what, I, how did I miss this? Yeah. You know, cause anytime I had ever heard about the three principles, I just kind of thought it was a different methodology. Yeah. And I was like, well, what I created was pretty awesome. I don't need a different methodology. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing, you know? <laughs> And here's the even funnier thing. I tell this all the time. Michael Neal cracks up when I tell him this. I used to send out his TEDx talk. I still do to potential clients before they have a session with me. And um, so after Bill read the book, one thought he said, 
uh, I'm going to work. I think I'm an apprentice with Michael Neal. And I'm like, why Michael Neal? And he's like, he's a 3P coach. I'm like, no, he isn't. <laughs> so he goes, yeah, he is. So I go back and I watch the TEDx talk. He talks about the three principles the, oh, whole time, yeah, the whole time, all the way through. And I'm like, how did I miss that? Yeah. I never saw it, not once. And I had watched it 20, 30 times at that point. Yeah. So I'm like, talk about not seeing what you don't want to see, right? The selective uh, awareness that we have. But anyway, um, I digress. So that's really when we, when we, started to understand uh, like a tiny little bit and got more involved in learning more. And I did super coach Academy and, and Bill, did, Bill and I did it together. I mean, which was such a gift to be able to do that together. And I just felt lighter and I just felt freer and I didn't even know why, but I just knew there was a lot less thinking and there was a lot less of me on my mind. Yeah. I was worried a lot less about how did I look? How was I coming across? Does this sound smart? Do I have the answer? Like all that got taken away from understanding the the principles really. The, and, and in particular, you know, the role of mind and in, in, uh, infinite intelligence and in, in just beginning to to see that at play in my life. Because up until the three principles, I was kind of like, uh, if you're talking spirituality, you should leave the room because that's not my gig. You know, yeah. that's not my jam. Yeah, yeah. Y'all go talk about your spiritual stuff over there. I'm going to go over here and make fun of you. But, you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> have at it, you know. Yeah, have at uh, it. And then a number of things happened, uh, which I, you know, won't go into, but. Um, be, right before I learned about the principles that actually, I think if those things hadn't happened first, I probably would have not been interested in the principles because of the, the, the spiritual nature of it, I think might've, I don't know. So who knows, no, but no, it might've I, turned me off. Yes. I but, understand 100% what you, what you mean by that, because when I came across the principles, I was actively trying to duck religious talk. I was hurting. You know, I just finished my military career. I was having a hard time transitioning to civilian life. I was dealing with all of the rhetoric of I'm always going to be broken due to the PTSD counseling or the substance abuse counseling or whatever. Yeah, I'm always going to be broken and blah, 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 all of that. Right. But I, 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 if that didn't happen, and uh, as you said, I'm like, oh, here comes some super religious person trying to tell me about baby Jesus. Oh, my Lord. You know, and granted, I grew up in the church which was a large part of why I didn't want to be around it. Yeah. And I think what, what Michael did for me was I had about three, four interactions with him before I ever knew he was a three P coach. Right. We had did a, we had met at a party. We had did lunch and maybe coffee and he was just cool to be around. Right. I don't know if it would have sank as well. Had we not had those few of experiences of him just being present with me versus if he had just start out talking because i would have been like oh here we go another like you said another spiritual yeah. this and that especially knowing how largely renowned he was in his work at that point in time right uh, but it didn't it didn't happen like that like you said it hit yeah. and and it just opened up a totally new world for me yeah me too and then you know there was trying to reconcile mm -hmm. to some degree what i had already you know, I've written 
three books and well I co-authored two two books and I've written two on my own and I don't have anything in there about the stuff you know what I mean and it was like <laughs> you know for a little bit I floundered around um, doing the best I could helping people and trying to figure out my own expression yeah of of this work and this understanding. And I think that's the beauty of it is there's not a right way to talk about it. There's not a right way to do it. There's cause it isn't a thing. It's just yes. how life works, Yes, you know? And uh, I read something, I think it was Michael's, uh, we're talking a lot about Michael today. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> I think it was his caffeine for the soul this morning when he, or daily dose or whatever he calls it now. Um, he was it's quoting Jack Pransky's, book the book yeah 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 and it was something like um it's not a prescription it's a description Mm -hmm. and that really clicked with me because that's how i would see it it's like a you know it's a guide to reality it's not a uh something you have to believe in or something yeah it's just how it works and once that sunk in like once i got that you know penny dropped as george talks about then there was no more floundering it's like, yeah. oh, I get this. Okay, I get it. I see this tiny little, you know, head of a Q-tip, how much I actually understand, um, but I can stand there, you know, yeah. and I can stand there. And then as I stood there, I saw more and more. And then, you know, I don't really ever use the word three principles in my work with people. Um, I don't not use it on purpose or anything. It's just it's just not how I talk about it, you know, how yeah. I talk about it. And, and I certainly talk about, you know, refer people to Sid's work and talk about that. But, you know, for me, it's really just connecting with people and pointing them to their own wisdom, what they mm-hmm. already know, what they really either the recesses of their mind, so to speak, if they weren't trying to conform to what they think society wants them to do, if they mm-hmm. weren't shooting on themselves and shooting on everybody else if they were just okay with themselves if they were just had the opportunity to be quiet long enough it's what they would see on their own yeah but we just don't have that kind of space you know it's go 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 it's it's oh i have to i was talking to someone today that I was coaching and she's like, Oh, I, I have to become more of a business salesperson. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but that's not necessary. Yeah, you know, you're, it doesn't you're... sound like something you should be doing. I don't even no, know no, what it means, no, but no. it doesn't yeah. sound like something that, that you need yeah. to be doing. You know, if you want to learn how to be a salesperson and you want to learn how to more about business, those things make sense, but please don't create yourself as some character character you know, that yeah. you have to, you know, this persona you have to take on and try to run your business because that will suck and that will not be fun. And so, you know, and, and so just like being able to connect with her and being able to, to say that and have her see like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. She, you know, just like, how do you want your customers to see you? Yeah. What would be ideal for you? Like, you know, and then when she started to speak it, it was audacious. And this is the other piece of there's no future that um, that I found really powerful. I know I'm circling back, but was you don't have to create the future from the past. Yes, I love right? that. It's, you're, you know, you're creating, you can create the future from nothing. You know, you can create it. It doesn't have to be contingent on whatever's 
happened in the past. Yeah. You know, and that to me is so freeing because you you just get to have a blank, like you said, a blank page or a blank slate to play with. So that's pretty interesting because you're right. A lot of things are created from the past. A lot of things. Either to avoid the past. Avoid the past or to, yeah. Or to fix something from the past. Yeah. Rather than what if, you know, if you could create whatever you wanted to create, what would you create? If it wasn't, you know, limited by the past or limited by anyone's past for that matter, you know, but if it was just an opportunity to, to, to play, you know. I love that. So I would like for you to tell me why you love the word audacious so much. Only because the first time I ever heard it, I heard it in a negative tone. Really? And yes. Oddly enough, in a church. <laughs> that must one, be why I like it. One of the other like preachers or teachers or whatever said to another one, your outfit is kind of audacious for the event, don't you think? Uh, and it was a judgment. And then I kind of got the context of it meant over the top, a little bit too much, you know, whatever the case may be. Well, audacious for me is, I love words. I love language. But there's something about audacious that is, to me, it's not, it's like beyond what's predictable. Okay. You know, it is over the top, but I see it as over the top, like, you know, like when your ice cream bowl <laughs> is filled, you know, like, oh, although I shouldn't talk to you about ice cream, probably. The, you know, <laughs> I'm a frozen uh, yogurt guy. Yeah. Or, you know, like whatever, like it's, um, there's a boldness to, aud- to audacity, right? There's a, there's testing the limits. They're going, they're, it's going beyond what's predictable to, to something else. And so, you know, I just remember someone talking about big audacious goals. I don't even remember where I heard it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I love that audacious. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I knew what the word meant, but there was something about audacious. It's just like beyond what's predictable. You know, it's, yeah, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to be 10% better at this, but there's, yeah. there's just a, sounds like freedom. Yeah. It, it, sound, freedom. it sounds like, yeah, a freedom to it. Yeah, I, or like no, no limit, no range. No limits. It's yeah, beyond no limits. limits. No, yes. That's okay. I like that. See, I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> yeah. So before you woo us with that wisdom, right? Before you woo us with that wisdom, I do want to make a plug for you because I love the work you do in the EMS community. Mm. So if you could talk very, you know, briefly on the leadership conference or summit that's coming up for the EMS team and emergency services, and then woo us with your wisdom. <laughs> and we'll, we'll... <laughs> woo us. Let's go say. 10, 12 years ago, I uh, was invited to um, do some work with a nonprofit organization that was an ambulance, volunteer ambulance, primarily company. And I met this guy, Robbie, who is a a paramedic, and he was the president of this nonprofit. And he was struggling, and he was young. And he, somebody gave him my card, they had seen me do a presentation and blah, blah, blah. Well, I really wanted to help uh, because I don't know, there was something just really cool about this guy, Robbie. And so I worked with his organization and we, we had amazing results. And inside of uh, 18 months, the, it went from a struggling organization to a beyond your comprehension at the time, their comprehension of results. Like they were audacious. Audacious. Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was audacious. (laughs) 
And uh, so anyway, long story short, we had this great success. And so he referred me to a couple of other organizations because they were calling him and saying, what are you doing over there? We can't we can't get people to apply. And you you have a waiting list of people to join your organization. So I went out and I did some work with people. And again, this was all before I knew about the principles, but it wasn't it didn't land the same without having someone internally who was a paramedic or EMT that, that people could hear, you know, it was like, what does she know? You know? Um, So I started talking with Robbie and we ended up forming a partnership and we created the EMS leadership Academy. And in 2019, we launched a virtual summit that is free for the EMS community. It's called the EMS leadership summit. And it was so funny when we did it in the fall of 2019, we were, we were, you know, trying to get sponsors and we were talking to speakers and they're like, virtual summit, like, like we put something smelly under their nose, like their face would get all like, (laughs) like what, you know, we're like, oh yeah, you know, this way you don't have to travel to go to a conference because there are some very, very good conferences in the EMS world, but they can't, you know, most organizations can't afford to go. And if they can, they send one person and you talk about flight and hotel and all that. And their whole training budget just got used up for one person going to training. Mm-hmm. So by putting it online and, and making it free, we really democratize the information. So we, we had over 1500 people do it the first year, wow. which was we, before we were, the pandemic. Yeah. We were hoping to get 500 and we had wow. 1500 people. So then the next year we were we were already at work getting it ready and the pandemic hit. And so all of a sudden we have people coming to us and going, "Um, about that virtual summit you guys do." <laughs> Creating so, the future. I yeah, love it. Last year we did it in October of 2020 and we had over 3300 people participate from 28 different countries. And we had speakers from eight different countries. So this year is our third annual and we are launching it September 8th through 12th. And you're going to be one of our presenters, which I'm very excited about. Me too. And um, last year, Barb Patterson and Dr. Bettinger spoke. Steve Chandler spoke last year. Um, This year, uh, you're speaking. Uh, Christy will be speaking. She's a former Christy Harrison, Cotty Wampo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's a you know she was a par- a paramedic and a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So um, she's going to talk um, uh, do a talk. And also Dr. Blevins um, is going to be doing a presentation. So if anybody's interested, it's emsleadershipsummit.com. And right now you can go and the 2020 version is still what we call evergreen. So you can go to that site and see the 2021. It'll get taken down in a, in a few weeks, but right now it's a, it's still alive and it's free. Um, there is an upcharge if you want lifetime access, but we've kept it very, very low. So I, I absolutely was excited to, to get onto the, the conference because I wish this was something in my previous career, as you mentioned, yeah. that I could have woke up to uh, with deployments or with showing up on scene and seeing something that just isn't understandable at that moment and how to process right. that and get back to work. Yeah. And and that is one of the things that I think is so important um, for anyone, but in particular in this field, because it stress is a given, right? Yes. It's not questioned. Yeah. So last year when um, Dr. Bettinger talked about burnout being 
he didn't say it this way, but it was like optional, like all offering, um, altering your relationship to stressful thinking and making burnout optional. And I mean, God, you know, like the, how profound that is and what becomes possible, right? And being able to tap into your inner peace and well-being, no matter what's happening around you. I'll set it up like this is the community in which I show up for is listening. And Lisa, I'm just asking, what is it that you want them to hear? Well, this is going to maybe seem like a right turn, but um, I, last year, uh, many people know Bill had a brain bleed in, uh, on April 9th of 2020. And what that meant was, um, he, you know, basically, uh, he's fine now. Let me say that he's, he's, he's doing great. Um, but in that moment, we didn't know. And, you know, he went to the hospital. It was the height of COVID. They wouldn't let me go. Um, then they called me to the hospital because they didn't know if he was going to make it. And um, I was in the emergency room at the second hospital he was brought to um, because they specialized in uh, neurological issues. They didn't know the extent of the injury uh, at that moment, but he was basically paralyzed um, and incoherent, not able to speak. And they had to do a procedure on him the next morning. And they're telling me all this and they're like, but you have to leave the hospital now. And I said, are you out of your freaking mind? Where do you think I'm going? <laughs> yeah, where do you think I'm I am going? not leaving? Yeah. The, they brought the chaplain over. They did not know me clearly. They brought <laughs> this other person over. Like they were going to. And then finally they said, Mrs. Drutzi, we are going to call security. I said, give it your best shot because I am not leaving this emergency room. I don't care what you do. I will call the media. My husband is not having this procedure and you know he may not make it through the night you're telling me i have to leave are you yeah. out of your like i could this did not make sense to me yeah so they were literally going to get security and the chaplain is trying to talk me off the ledge and i wasn't screaming or yelling i was very like calmly hysterical if you can hear such a thing you know but i'm like dude i'm not going anywhere <laughs> i don't know who you think is and as I was about to get hysterical, because I was ready to pull out whatever yeah. trick was going to get me to stay. Yeah, the situation warranted for me to be I yeah. had the most profound moment of my life to date. And what happened in that moment was I heard, I don't even know where to say how I heard or I knew, because it wasn't a voice, it was a knowing that came over me and what I got was this is not up to me and there was nothing for me to do so I went from this place of extreme like upset oh my god how am I going to get to stay here to a place of peace and knowing that I cannot put into words and all I knew in that moment was there was nothing for me to do. This was not up to me. This was up to universal intelligence. I don't know. And I knew that it was between Bill and the universe. It was not up to me. Mm. And again, language doesn't do it justice. But all I can tell you is from that moment on to this day, 
I am free in a way I never was free before in the seeing and the knowing that this isn't up to me, but I have everything I need to deal with whatever happens. So even in the worst, I mean, arguably the worst night of my life, the peace that came over me is, was inexplicable. And that, I mean, it's been, you know, Bill was in ICU for four weeks. He was in the, uh, you know, in hospital for weeks after that. We had up and down, you know, it continues to be an up and down recovery. But all of that, and, and it's not like I haven't cried over. I'm, I don't want to leave people with, oh, she's perfect. No, no. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a grounding that I have that I never had ever in my life. And that I keep being able to touch that space of this isn't up to me, you know, that, and that whatever happens next, I have everything I need. You know, I don't have to try to control the future. I don't have to control my husband's recovery. I don't have to control my client's results. I don't have to control any of it because it's not under my control. It's not up to me. And you know, the reason I, I wanted to share that when you said, you know, people are listening is in hopes that people can free themselves of the burden of trying to figure it all out. Because it's, it's not, you'll, there's nothing to figure out, you know, there's just living life. And if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. And I think if I do write another book, the title's going to be um, "Life Doesn't Go the Way It Should; It Goes the Way It Goes," and I'm just here for the ride. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.